Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is a Q&A from the current intake of the female fat loss program. So with the female fat loss program, my clients are in a Facebook group and they send in questions on their check-in sheets and onto the Facebook group itself of kind of things that are coming, coming into their head regarding nutrition, training or anything that kind of comes in and I try to answer it. And what I've decided to do over the next little while and kind of going forward is making sure that there are Q&A style episodes so you can hear what kind of questions are kind of coming in on a regular basis. Plus it allows me to kind of get more content out to all of you so that can help you as well. So before I kind of go into this episode of the podcast, the next intake for the Female Fat Loss Program is opening up on the, is now available to sign up for on the 9th of January. So there are only, I think there's four four spaces left for that intake. I keep the numbers small so everyone has me on their day on a daily basis. So you get tailored program with videos, homework, gym, whatever you may need, weekly check-ins via email. You have a Facebook group with everyone's in there and you can share as much as you want or as little as you want. You get weekly Q&As with myself like this. You also uh, get your progress pictures sent over or whatever it may be. You get recipe books with my fitness pa- my fitness pal tailored um, calories and everything to it. And it's not a meal plan, it's just recipe books for you. So the price is a six week program and some of the results have been absolutely amazing since, since I first started it. So if you're interested in looking at that, the link is in the, the show notes down below and it's 169 for six weeks. And what will happen is probably in the new year, that price will probably go up. So this is the cheapest it's ever going to be. So if you're interested in working with me and getting January off to the right start with getting away from fad diets, getting away from quick fixes and looking for that, the the feedback has been incredible. Like I know one of the, the, the people in the group right now said the approach of going for a weekly calorie average has changed their life and it's it's give it's removing perfection. So if you're interested in working with me on the female fat loss group, click on the link below and we'll get into this episode now. So today's QA has a good few questions, about five or six questions in there. Some of them will be kind of short enough answers and some of them will be a little bit more detailed answers. So we have kind of like how to measure ourselves, the benefit of kind of tracking the, the, the whole method of tracking yourself with kind of using measuring tape and how often to do it, how to do it. The other thing that kind of focus on is the importance of one that one of you mentioned in your check in that the importance of kind of checking in on your why. And I'm going to talk about how to kind of rewire that in your mind in relation to kind of one of the big questions was, would you expect at this stage of the cycle to be more sluggish and have this reflection on the scales? And I know I've covered that on previous episodes, so I'm going to give a quick synopsis of that as well and kind of click in the show notes of what that could be as well. Then there was another question regarding kind of like high protein breakfast and what can we kind of got around there as well um, because the person has uh, IBS. So we want to try and make that as less irritable as possible for that individual. Then we also talk about stiffness in the lower back on RDLs. How can we kind of reduce that how can we kind of help ourselves around that as well so i think there's uh, the other element of kind of time and i know we've spoken about this but this is going to be a different angle on it again so the first one that we're going to kind of talk about is in relation to the the measuring tape and the big thing is like when we are when we are when people are losing weight 
one of the first things they say is, I want to step on the scales in order to lose weight. The weighing scales only measures what you weigh, but it doesn't necessarily measure how much fat you are losing. And I've spoken about non-scale victories. I've talked, spoken about various different on, on various different episodes. But you have to look at it from a way of one of the most accurate ways to kind of track your fat loss is through measurements. This allows you to determine how your body composition is actually changing, along with photos. Uh, you can also check check in your clothes as well, and this also helps you to kind of stay a little bit more mo- positive and a little bit more motivated from month to month. So using a kind of like a stretchable or non-stretchable or flexible kind of measuring tape, you can use that at home. You can use the industrial ones that you might see on a construction site if you want, but they're not as flexible. And it's the the whole thing about it is it's not 100% accurate. And what I mean by that is you may take the measurement from different spots on your body like to say if you're measuring your quad you may take it say up above the knee or you may take it above the uh closer to the actual groin area one week and the below the knee the, the next week so it's it's kind of taking what you do on average so i would and i what i work with my kind of the, with you guys and with the one-to-one clients is making sure that you have you kind of take your measurements every week every two weeks or every month and making sure you're comparing them from what they started at to where they're at now. Are they going to go down every week like the weighing scales? No, but if you're comparing to what you're doing, it's a hell of a lot easier. So you're writing it out in a logbook or a training book, keeping them on a spreadsheet so you can actually see them will really, really help you. And you can do them naked. You can do them wear them wearing clothing. You can do them when you come out of the shower or you can do them faster, whatever it may be as well. You can ask your partner, you can ask your, your PT, you can ask whoever it is to kind of help them and take you from uh, take them for you as well because some of them can be awkward. So a weighing, a weighing scales only measures what you weigh and what the measurements will actually help with you is detect where is fat loss or fat kind of coming off the body or where am I gaining muscle. So kind of some of the metrics that you could use are the neck some of the metrics you kind of keep the your head straight and measure the circumference of your neck and wrap it around there's one of the other elements is the upper arm kind of around the, the, the bigger element of the bicep so if you bring in your arm a little bit kind of towards yourself you feel a bicep so the bicep is on kind of like the outer arm on the on the kind of like the the you know where the bicep is and the triceps on the, the back of the arm okay so then we've also got the chest so you can measure the, the chest kind of either on the around the nipple area if you want to do that or you can do them uh, underneath either but probably around the nipple area could help you um and that might help you you could do them on your shoulders and you measure it around your shoulders that way might be where you might need someone else's help there measure them around your waist and you're kind of like around your navel at the, at the narrowest point around your waist the hip measure around the widest part of your hip so on that find that hip bone go searching for the hip bone now and you'll find it on the quad, probably stand up straight and rest your leg. And the leg you're not measuring and the, the, the leg you're measuring should be generally relaxed. And then measure the, the kind of on the biggest part of the upper leg is generally where you should measure on that. You can measure the calf and the same thing, it should be relaxed and measure at the fullest part of the calf. Uh, you can do it that way as well. You can do it on the bum, which is at the biggest part of your bum as well. So generally, the kind of the, the measurements that I generally take from clients and work with clients are generally kind of like the upper part of the quad. You've got the hip, you've got the, the, the largest part of your glute, the belly button, 
you've got your chest so in line with your nipple you've got the arm and the bicep and sometimes people will take the the, the neck as well depends on the individual but that's generally a recommendation so a really really useful way of doing it is taking the measurements maybe once or twice could help you because you can take an average of what you are doing but it's really really important that you compare your measurements for against the previous month and that will give you a better metric of your progress enter the measurements into the sheet or the blog book or whatever you're doing on that side of things and it will help you to see the progress that you're doing if you're generally seeing the weight isn't going down as much as you want a great way of bringing in non-scale victories is your measurements are you feeling better in your clothes is your libido better and this is a much better metric of your progress than the potential weighing scales because the weighing scales are going to fluctuate a hell of a lot more your measurements will fluctuate as well particularly around your time of the month so if you're someone with a menstrual cycle you might find that your belly button and your kind of hip might expand on a certain month but you can bring in a, a logbook and say, right, this is completely normal for me to for things to kind of fluctuate around this time for myself. So take it on average, uh, measure, go look at monthly progress. It won't probably won't go down every week. It might go down every week at the beginning, but once you lose a good bit of weight, it will go slower. So doing month by month will be probably be a better option for you on that side of things. Um, that kind of leads into kind of one of the questions of would you expect this this stage of the cycle to be more sluggish and this reflected on the scales the answer is 100% yes it depends on the person depends on the individual with the menstrual cycle and what I mean by that is I would always recommend someone with a menstrual cycle to track their cycle through Clue, Kindara or Natural Cycles they're all apps uh, that you can use and you track your cycle then you'll be able to say, right, I know I'm bloated on this week. I know I'm ovulating this week. I know I'm a little bit more fatigued this week. And you'll notice a pattern. And that way you can say to yourself, right, I'm ovulating here. So if I'm trying for a baby or if I'm trying for a kid or whatever it may be, I know this is my fertile window. So I'm going to try and uh, have a little bit more sex around this time in order to get better bang for your book. So it makes it a little bit more feasible for yourself. Then you've kind of got to look at kind of like the week before your cycle, you might notice that you have a little bit more appetite or cravings. You might also notice that you're a little bit more bloated or fatigued. And if you notice that, that over two or three time, two or three months in a row, then that's generally a pattern for yourself. So is it normal that the scales will fluctuate? Yes. Is it normal that the oh, it's one hundred percent normal for the scales to fluctuate? Is it normal that the bloating may occur yes is it normal for your energy to go down as well yes but if you track your cycle you'll generally see a spotter pattern for yourself a really useful way of doing it is like with the measurements that i spoke about a second ago is looking at your like week with your like week and what that actually means and i've done episodes on this previously is i think it's episode i'm just looking here just to kind of double check i think it's episode 162 where i talk about kind of like weeks with like weeks and, I, and I'm conscious I don't really kind of want to repeat myself and repeat myself over and over again. So I'll, I'll put that that um, that kind of episode in for you as well. Um, and what the like weeks with like weeks means is if you compare your week of your cycle in June to week of your cycle in July, it's going to be more accurate. If you compare a week of your cycle in June to ovulation week in July, it's not going to be accurate. There's more hormones at play. There's more fluctuations due to water weight. There could be more digestive issues, a lot more different variables. It's kind of like comparing chalk and cheese. So the best way to do it is when you are kind of 
get an app and track your cycle and that would be the best way to do it then what i would recommend to do is to make sure that you are comparing your like weeks with your like weeks so if you know that most a lot of i've seen clients go up 15 pounds even 12 to 15 pounds sometimes with their actual one they're on their kind of like cycle week or coming into their cycle so they know that's completely normal like i had a, a conversation with one of my one-to-one clients this morning who's been with me for four years four and a half years and on her check-in this morning we noticed i was like we we're both right it's it's kind of like the week before for her and we we're like all right it's completely normal for you to be 0.6 or 0.7 kg up and I know from the work that we've done together from the very, very beginning, and it was one of the big things that we spoke about at the very, very beginning was making sure that she understood that that was completely normal for her. It took a little while to land, but it definitely landed and has landed. And now that whole stigma of beating herself up for the scales not going down, it's like, no, no, it's completely normal. Like there's not, there's no kind of emotional attachment to it. It's the understanding that it's going to fluctuate. It's the understanding that it's going to go up and down. It's the understanding that it will be up at that certain week. It's completely normal for her, but it's also the language that she's using around herself around that time. And it's interesting to see. We know the range is going to go up by. We know like once the adherence is there, we know that it's going to be up a certain time. We know it's going to be down at certain weeks and we can spot that trend and it allows you to kind of to kind of remove that element of shame for yourself, remove that element of, because shame means I am wrong and shame means I am wrong. So if you say to yourself, I am wrong for my scale, for the scales going up because I'm on my menstrual cycle, you beat yourself up and that's not nice. And the, the research would show that those who are a lot more self-compassionate towards themselves would have better results long term so we need to make sure that one track your cycle two look at kind of like monthly pictures rather than just week to week week to week is too small it's kind of like only looking at your pension and looking at it week by week it's going to go up and down but if you look at a long term over over time it's going to compound into this into uh, amazing results or amazing investments or whatever it may be it's the exact same thing so is it completely normal yes is it normal for you to feel a little bit more sluggish? That could be that your sleep is disrupted. That could be that you're very, very stressed as well. So look at other factors as well. The cycle is generally, it keeps the scorecard. So if you're tired all the time or sluggish all the time, it could mean that you were probably trying to do too much with life or work or with the kids or whatever it may be. So it could be a, giving your body giving you feedback on that you need to make sure that you need to kind of settle down a little bit and that could help you. So. I would expect it the, the scales to go up the week before for you and the week of. It depends on the client. I know some clients will be up around ovulation and down other weeks, but a lot of clients will probably be up around the week before and then the week of they kind of just ease off their training a little bit. So track your cycle, clue, Kindara, natural cycles are three of the best apps. I've no affiliation to them, but there are episodes on it because episode one five one Episode, sorry episode 51 episode 162 are the two that kind of come to my head straight away on the female fat loss there's female fat loss myths as episode as well and i'll put that in for you that you can kind of listen to as well but like weeks with like weeks is the best way think of your progress like a long-term thing not just a quick fix a quick hit that that won't work and hasn't worked for you but the scale expecting the scales not to go up on certain weeks for yourself is like expecting it not to rain in Ireland. It's going to rain in Ireland. 
as we speak, I think it is raining. So it's really, really important for you to kind of look at your like week with your like week and you'll understand it then. So have a listen to those episodes. If there are any questions that kind of come in around that like week with like week element for you, please do let me know and I will do my best to explain it even further for you. So one of the other questions that kind of came in was in relations to suggestions for breakfast. The person in question has IBS and IBS I suffer from it myself stress and cream and generally chilies are the ones that trigger mine so generally IBS is triggered by different things for different people but the person in question is oats kind of triggers them they use an alternative milk kind of like soy or they use almond milk or whatever it may be and they're finding that in order to get protein into their breakfasts uh, first thing in the morning that the eggs are quite they're, they're getting a little bit bored with eggs so a really kind of useful way of kind of doing it is could you try and get some smoothies into your breakfast because i noticed with this client in particular that their fiber was a little bit lower than it needed to be and ibs and low fiber is a recipe for disaster it could end up in diet in kind of a constipation effect so we need to make sure that person is getting enough vegetables and fiber into their body because it will lead to discomfort and if you get discomfort you'll feel deflated and it's, it's just not a nice experience nobody likes that blur feeling that happens so one of the things i would potentially suggest is could you get a smoothie in for in the morning and maybe throw in some whey or you throw in some vegan protein or throw in some greek yogurt and mix that all together and you'll probably get your total uh, you're close enough to your your fiber target for the day by having that and those smoothies can really help especially if you're on the go or you're doing the school run you can sip on it throughout the day and it can be really really helpful i've done episodes where smoothies can help those who are kind of potentially coming from long covid as well it's really helpful if your appetite is low you can just kind of sip on something rather than trying to have to like you eat with your eyes majority of the time so you're looking at a plate you see a full plate of food and you're not hungry a smoothie on the go can really really be helpful and really really useful and it, it, it really can be the other options are like uh, kind of turkey rashes and i have a turkey sandwich ba- turkey bagel and those kind of things can be really really useful i provide the clients with recipe books on kind of on a lot of different things as well uh, to kind of give them ideas for meals and it, it can be really really helpful for them as well um so there are other ones baked beans loads of different um elements for them as well so that could be um something to kind of look at as well so there, there there's a few things that you can do a lot of people kind of can, can trying to be perfect trying to overcomplicate things as well you could potentially have a smoothie you could have potentially protein waffles or protein kind of pancakes if you wanted to as well you could have um omelets you could jazz it up if you wanted to you could have salmon on kind of toast or what or a bagel a few different things that you could do if you're kind of getting a little bit bored of it as well but there's there's a few different things that you can kind of go from there um there's lots of different elements but it it, it really does depend on what the person's taste is um i don't i have eggs like on the weekends but most of the week i generally just have way into porridge and kind of go from there so that that works for me that may not work for anyone else particularly with ibs you have to be a little bit more kind of picky or choosy or um a little bit more selective in what you can or may not be able to digest properly but a smoothie maybe try and jazz up like omelets or try to make kind of 
uh, kind of quesadillas or kind of Greek, try Greek yogurt, try kind of bake um, turkey bacon and that could help you as well. Um, but if you're on the go, the, the smoothies really, really do help. Then the next question was in relation to RDLs um, and it was in relation to kind of stiffness. So RDLs are kind of one of those exercises that a lot of people can kind of get kind of can be uncomfortable, particularly at the beginning. You end up finding that you when you're trying to do it rather than a hip hinge movement. So you imagine a door, it's on a hinge. What happens is the, the shoulders round and you start hurting your lower back. But this person isn't talking about they're talking about stiffness. So what I recommend to that person on their check in is making sure that you're potentially doing a little bit of a warm up because you could be sitting all day and then you're going straight from sitting all day straight into doing a workout where you're kind of lifting a little bit heavier than your body potentially is used to and is maybe able for at this time. So potentially do a little bit of kind of uh, lower kind of lower back work or a little bit of core work a little bit of kind of like cat cow a little bit of yoga a little bit of pilates kind of warm-up exercises you can just google or fight or youtube any exercises for yourself it could be a sign that your legs are too straight there's two different types of ordeals a stiff leg and the straight leg stiff leg your legs are bang on straight and there's no bend in the knee and then there's also um so straight leg and then stiff leg or there's a little bit more of there's a bended knee one as well so what you could do is if you're finding that you when you are doing the kind of the the, the straight leg ordeal you may find that if you bend your knee slightly it might take that little bit more pressure off your back and that could help you it could be a sign that you are lifting too much of a weight that your body is potentially not able for at this moment so if you're saying lifting 60 kg on an ordeal bring it back down to maybe 45 or 50 and see how you go uh, and then do it from that side of things uh, and that would be really really useful uh, for some people but it really does depend it could be mobility it could be the weight that you're lifting it could be ego lifting that you're lifting too much it could be a subtle change as putting a slight bend into your knee could help you as well on that side of things uh, so that could help you the other question that kind of came in from the same person was I'm feeling full at the minute. I'm within my calories. I'm nailing everything. And in fairness, the person is smashing things at the minute. They are like bang on. They've had nights out. They've had weeks out. They've been unwell, but they're still smashing their progress. It's a consistency for them, which is nailing them and nailing their progress. But one of the questions was this person in particular is kind of is a vegetarian or vegan. Um, and they're feeling full and it's like well do i do i need to get more protein in if it's within my calorie balance or am i okay if it's for weight loss and weight gain the most important thing is the calorie average that you're kind of aiming for if you're eating too little or eating less than your body needs at any point in time you will lose weight if you're eating more than your body needs at any one time you'll uh, you'll gain weight so that's not going to be outweighed or outruled by any of this the reason why protein in particular for females and women would be that it will help you to hold on to as you get older you can be a more prone to osteoporosis or osteopenia which is brittle bone syndrome so you could be at more prone if you fall over when you're older that your your bones may break more easily so protein is really really important so if you're only hitting maybe say this person in particular is kind of hitting about point i think they're hitting about 0.8 grams per kg of body weight that's a little bit lighter than we probably wanted if we can get it up to one 1.2 grams that's ideal so what i've suggested for them is to look at 
is there any food that they potentially want to have? They have a little bit more wiggle room in their calories. If we're about 200 calories to play around with, potentially looking at a protein bar, potentially having a little bit of a shake in order to top it up, a little bit more of a Greek yogurt if they're not vegan. So that could help them to get that up. And the reason why I would look at it, if you're not hungry, obviously it's kind of counterintuitive. But on the person's nailing because they've got so much veggies because they're vegetarian. So is it going to be detrimental to the weight loss? No. It's going to be detrimental to the muscle gain. It, it, it would help the muscle gain to get more protein in and help with recovery. It would help to aid appetite and kind of suppress that. Um, and it would also help to kind of aid kind of bone health so that you don't have brittle bones. So it's really, really important to kind of try and get anywhere above kind of 1.2 grams per kg of body weight. Yeah, protein would be kind of a, a safe recommendation anything about above a gram a gram of kg is is pretty decent but i would normally recommend if someone isn't kind of doesn't want to go down that route of kind of doing a per macro are you getting three to four portions of protein each day and that's a safe option and i've spoken to that client in particular um and kind of outlined different various options for them so that it, it it's not going to outdo any weight loss it's not going to do any fat loss it's not going to do any muscle growth it's actually going to aid muscle growth but it will help to um kind of help get a better bang for your book with your training so you're able to recover that you're able to that you're also able to um hold on to any muscle mass that you may be losing as women get older and as people get older we tend to lose our muscle mass so we can get a little bit more frail so if you're training at the minute and you're looking to kind of grow muscle or get toned in inverted commas think protein protein is the glue that helps that so there's a good bit there for you it's a kind of like a half an hour episode less than half an hour episode so measuring we talk about kind of like the like week or like week suggestions for high protein breakfasts ordeals um the protein question um and that was generally a pretty safe they're pretty decent questions that, that have come in there's other ones like time and stuff and with time it could be an expectation of what you think you need to do it could be you think may think a session needs to be an hour and your session could actually take you 30 minutes 30 minutes is better than doing nothing but i know for the person's asked about time it's that everyone else's calendar is prioritized against themselves as something that needs to be sat down and looked at and saying right what's write down what's a good enough week write down what's a perfect week for me look at how a how much of a good enough week you're more likely to stick to that could be two sessions of half an hour a week for you where you're able to train and that's a good enough week for you you can get results that way and i want to make sure people are aware of that and that way you will be able to stick to it rather than beating yourself up but you're you also have to look at your priorities it could be a sign of that the self-worth side of things and that could be in order to go to counseling that you need to look at why is everyone else getting prioritized ahead of you that's not your job your job is to make sure that you are being okay put your own seatbelt on first so what i would always recommend is for someone to look at their their week how much time is booked in for them and then how can you say you have no time if you've got no time booked in it's kind of counterintuitive like if you say to yourself i don't have enough money and you then you look and you haven't looked at your bank account how can you say that how can you say you can't afford 100 euro if you've got 600 euro in your account 
it's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive and i know there's a financial crisis it was just an example that i came across i came across in my head but if you, if that if i would always recommend plan a little bit in your week and it will lead to a lot less overwhelm and a lot more focus and a lot more a lot more better a lot better results uh, and the last one that kind of came in was focusing on the why i think people can kind of get bogged down in the why too much I think it's important. I think it's really, really important understanding why you're doing something. Like you don't go to like the reason why the why came in was in relation to motivation, and motivation is one of those things. It's like a finite resource. It doesn't. I don't know anyone on this earth, even the bodybuilders that people are looking at or the fitness influencers you're looking up on social media. None of them are motivated every single day. You don't go to work motivated every single day, but yet you go to work. Why? Because if you don't, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you can't keep a roof over your head. Your kids don't get fed. You don't get fed. You can't do the things you enjoy. So there's your why. So relate that back in, focusing on the why. Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to gain muscle? Why do you want that promotion? It's important to understand why. But I think for this, in relation to people can get bogged down in it and people... It's a clear to ha- it's important to have that why, but I would also think it's important to look at rather than only focusing on the actual outcome, to make sure that you're focusing on the the actual process. So the outcome is I want to lose five kg, but yet there's no plan in sight to do that. So what do you need to do to lose your first pound? I need to eat in a calorie deficit. I need to get some exercise in. And I need to manage my sleep. There's three things that you can do, right? How do I bring those into my week? Right, I'm going to book in my gym sessions this week. I am going to go to bed at half 10 each night and I am going to go for a walk before work each morning or three mornings a week. Book them into your calendar. Look at what you need to do. A prime example is if you were saving for a holiday and you need a thousand euro and your holiday is in four months, you need to save 250 euro on average a month to get that thousand euro for your holiday that's the you've broken it down into simple steps to get to your goal so we bring it back to weight loss what do you need to do to get lose your first pound eating a calorie deficit you need to get some sleep and manage your stress and you need to get some sort of exercise in that's generally a, a really really important factor there are more factors at play. There's a lot more factors at play, but there are two or three that are kind of like low-hanging fruit on that side of things that could aid you. So how? what do you need to do to lose your first pound? You need to do those. So once you've lost your first pound, tick. So what did you do to get there? You nailed those three. So what do you need to do to lose your second pound? You need to repeat those three again and go from there. Look at what's what you've done to kind of get your one pound and repeat that if it's restriction obviously ignore what i have just said because restriction hasn't come up in any element of what i've suggested but it's looking at more outcome based what do i need to do so i know this week i'm going to be traveling a good bit and i have matches on the weekend a lot of social occasions so what do i need to do for me to have a successful week get three gems gym sessions in I need to have my regular meals while I'm away and I need to make sure that my sleep and my water are on point. If I can nail those three or four things, the rest of the week is easy and I'll be able to function. I'll be able to perform fine. 
And then on Friday, for my match to go well, I need to eat more carbohydrates in order for my energy to be up and make sure my water is up. If I can nail those, it's easy. Well, it's not easy, but it's easier. So focus on more of an outcome-based and just process. Like, and it's a hell of a lot easier for you. Focusing on the why is really, really important. It's the first step. Why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to fit into clothes. Why do you want to fit into clothes? So I get into photos. Why do you want to get into photos? So I can so my kids have memories of me there is a why and it's normally an emotional attachment to something to kids or family or whatever maybe why do you want to lose weight because i want to be there for my kids there's a why but saying i just want to lose weight isn't really a proper why it's just saying i want to lose weight that's like saying i want to be a giraffe it's not a big enough why it's not going to get you out of bed it's not going to like it's not going to get you out of bed it's not going to get you to the gym when you don't want to and there will be times where you don't want to but if you have some sort of structure in place for yourself and saying, right, I'm training at this time, I'm walking at this time, or I've got a food shop into my calendar. If you have even one or two of those things into your calendar, you're already going to be feeling less overwhelmed and moving that needle in the direction that you say you want to go. And that's a hell of a lot easier for yourself. So there is an episode on outcome-based versus process-based, and I'll tag that in, in, in the write-up for you. So there's a lot there, measuring, focusing on outcome based we talk about kind of uh the stages of the cycle we talk about suggestions for breakfast we talk about time we talk about stiffness and everybody else and we talk about protein for vegetarian so if you've enjoyed this episode at all uh please do tag me up on your stories if you are interested in working with me on the next stage of the female fat loss program that opens up on the 9th of january click on the link below if you want to work with me i have two spaces left for one-to-one coaching for january if you want to work with me on that i will be taking a quick small deposit in december and we'll get and we'll do calls this week and next week and then we will be able to get you started in january no restriction chocolate every day not taking anything off no foods are off limits that scares people but the people that clients that get the results from me at the end of it are the ones that kind of bring that in for them so hopefully that helps hopefully you've enjoyed that episode